Alright. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. I am your co-host, Justin. Along with today, as always, are the two other stooges, Benji and Connor. How are you guys today? We're finally here. Football's back. Made it, baby. Amen. You know, today's a, today's episode is a very, very special episode, not just for us, but I think for all the listeners and everything like that. You know, it is the first ever preview episode of the season. Uh, we get to actually talk about the game, you know. You play to win the game. We're actually going to talk about the game. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have football again. This Saturday, August 26th, college football is back. And we're going to recap the lone Mac game that is happening that day. But first, we got to talk about news and notes from around the league. You guys have anything, friends? Um, Jim Harbaugh got suspended for three games for buying a high school kid a cheeseburger. Freaking ridiculous. This is a Mac football podcast. I know, but his dad Jack is a Western was a Western Michigan's coach. His uh, and, he, his, and John Harbaugh has a has a statue in the cradle of coaches. Don't forget. And his sister is uh, married to Tom Crean, right? Former yes. CMU best uh, CMU alum, future CMU, CMU alum, best, yeah. future, future CMU CMU basketball coach. Yep, Kata, you got anything? Not really. I uh, I would like to say, though, if you're going to buy somebody some burgers or whatever uh, in this day and age with NIL and all of that, don't don't mess it up. It's not that hard. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Also, just buy Taco Bell instead. It's cheap. You can just write it off. So I mean, I, I, A man's got to eat. So I will say that um, uh, we do have three Mac quarterbacks on the Peyton Manning award watch list, you know. You got Rourke, the Maple Missile, Daquan Fenn from Toledo, and you got Cole Schneider from Buffalo. Um, and two names that, you know, we mentioned in earlier episodes, too. You know, we had uh, Gabbert and... Oh, Rocky? Yeah, and Rocky Lombardi. And uh, who's Bowling Green's quarterback again? Oh, um, Missouri guy. What's yeah, his name? former mm-hmm. transfer. Yeah. I can't think of his name right uh, now either. Yeah, Basilak. Yeah, Connor Basilak. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, those six quarterbacks I just mentioned right there are, you know, they're decent. I mean, the three that I mentioned off off the award list are decent quarterbacks. Uh, and, you know, you got Eastern's quarterback that's coming back. Um, so the Mac is kind of flushed with quarterback talent. You know, I, I love to see it. What about you guys? So I just saw wanted to make a quick note that Curtis Rourke is actually uh, gonna play week week zero, which is awesome because he tore his ACL towards the end of last year, so had a pretty quick recovery. So excited to watch some football. The one question I have is Brady Hoke gonna wear a headset? Oh, oh! Can we can we get a live Vegas odds on that? Yes, that's what yeah. I'm watching for. That's oh, that is bold. That's we'll see. Do you think so, Connor? You think he wears a headset? I'd almost guarantee it. He's gonna put it on. I won't. No, like, do you think he wears it the whole game though? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. And I think okay. he's gonna get really angry uh, near the end of that game as it's too close. But we'll talk about that. Well, I think he's gonna get angry because they're gonna lose. But again, you know, we'll get into that. Um, but. You know, like I said, I, I, I think I think the Mac is flushed with quarterback talent this year. I think it's awesome for the conference. It's you know, the the most important position in football is quarterback position, and then you would go the left or right tackle depending on what your um, 
depending on what handed your quarterback is. And guess what? You know, the Mag, we thrive on offensive linemen. So, but that's pretty much it. You know, let's jump right into it, guys. You know, this week, week zero, we have the Ohio Bobcats versus San Diego State. 7 p.m. Saturday, August 26 on FS1. The opening line for this is minus 3.5 for San Diego State and an over-under of 49 points. What a way to kick off the season with Ohio possibly playing the best non-Power 5 program of recent years in the country. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about that too, Connor, on last episode about how San Diego State really could have joined. They probably should have joined the Pac-12 before. You know, they probably actually got a word that it was dissolving, which is why they didn't join it. Yeah, but. actually, that that's probably true because you look at all the Big 12 acquisitions, if you will, that have happened over the past couple of weeks. And even before that, you can look at like, oh, TCU when they got out in 2013, I think. SDSU has been at that level for quite some time, them and uh, Fresno State. So for SDSU to stay behind and still not be given that offer, kind of shocked about that. I think some power conferences are missing out. Yeah, it, with them and Fresno and SMU, it's kind of they're kind of in limbo because I feel like they definitely can be in the the Power Five, and I think those three will at some point. Um, they all produce NFL draft picks. They've been consistent winning wise over the past couple of years, but it's it's definitely interesting. That whole dilemma with the Pac-12 was kind of odd. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I've seen more rumors about if the Pac-12 is going to continue to exist, right, and we're actually going to have more than four teams, which who knows, because it really does feel like they're going to dissolve. I keep seeing stuff about, like, oh, is Stanford going to be independent? And I think that is a very odd scenario to be in. But uh, I've seen a lot of stuff about, well, if the Pac exists, SMU is going to be one of those teams that comes over. I haven't seen that same sort of push for SDSU. Maybe it's because it's implied, right, because of geography. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, Condoleezza Rice was hired for Stanford as a consultant, and then <laughs> SMU hired uh, George W. Bush uh, as their consultant to get into either the ACC or the Big Ten. I think at the end of the day, I I do I think SMU is going to end up in the the Big Twelve at some point. Condoleezza it's, wasn't she part of the BCS? She was part of their playoff committee. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah she, and she was w- one time uh, Cleveland Browns head coaching candidate. That? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a stupid, oh. stupid, stupid the, report by Adam Schefter. The Think mistake, about the hard knocks episode. Oh man, yeah. the mistakes on the lake keep providing me content to roast on them for. Yes. You know, uh, it's just they write themselves. But you know, anyways, uh, we'll we'll get back into the matchup here. So. You know, Connor, talk about SDSU strengths and weaknesses. I know you like them as a program. So yeah. That's yeah, why I like, I like you them. have this segment here. Uh, it's one of those things where I have a few connections with San Diego State just from growing up and really liking some of the people who have gone there in different sports. Uh, I love Tony Gwynn because I'm a huge baseball guy, and he was he was my dude growing up, and he went there, was their coach, and uh, he was just a huge part of that program before he passed. And then – even more recently, we have San Diego State making that crazy NCAA basketball run. So now the cogs are turning. Where's football? Where are you guys on the track to, oh, maybe becoming a great school again? So last season wasn't really that. And I think it's kind of disappointing for San Diego State fans. Uh, they were 7-6 and six with a few losses to bigger-name teams. Arizona, Utah, Boise State, 
Fresno State, but the big loss was the Hawaii Bowl against Middle Tennessee State, and they were terrible. Five turnovers, awful game. Uh, they held Middle Tennessee State to negative rushing yards, but still lost, so you go figure that one out because the new math and all the analytics, it just doesn't add up there. So this year is different because they've changed a lot. Um, they've lost some of their best players on both sides of the ball, and they've got a new offensive coordinator who's going to change it pretty historically run heavy program to something a little bit more balanced but if i did have to give them one giant strength it's got to be their backs uh, backfield versatility so they lost jordan bird and he's over on the pittsburgh steelers converting into a wide receiver because he's one of the few running backs who's smart enough to do that in the nfl but you'll get have, paid that way <laughs> right he might actually get onto a team in a contract someday so good for him uh but he was a guy who ran for over a thousand yards last year and I think he had nearly uh, 1,600 for the two-year span that he really started there. But they have some guys coming in that are a little bit interesting. Uh, Keenan Christian is a former USC guy. And he came in last season, didn't play a ton, but he did manage to rack up both in a 100-yard rushing game and a receiving game earlier in his career. So he has the versatility right there of a guy who can play and do so many different roles in this offense. So that's somebody that I like as a new number one weapon to show off. And the dude's fast. He was a track athlete at USC. And when he did arrive right before COVID started, he got to go to one track and field event before things shut down. And he ran a 10-3 in the 100 meters. So that's not a bad time at all. Yeah. Um, they have a couple other backs that are older, or not necessarily older, they're about the same. But uh, Jalen Armstead is kind of a power back. So he's going to be that third type of player so if we're gonna have christian running receiving armstead's the goal line guy and behind him is cam davis and that's kind of the running back of the future prospect he's a sophomore he wasn't very good last year lacked consistency but he was young right it happens um he was under three yards of carry which you never want to see so that's a little bit of a concern but they did bump him to second on the depth chart this offseason uh, but the other part of the backfield is quarterback. And while everyone thinks the quarterback is the star, this program is usually gone for the running back side of things. So instead of getting a normal quarterback to play, they have Jalen Maiden, who uh, was a safety at the start of last season. And uh, during Hawaii game, he actually became their quarterback and managed <laughs> to do an amazing seven-game stretch where he got all Mountain West honorable mention. So threw for over 2,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, seven games. Pretty crazy. Um, 14.4 yards per completion and 7.39 offensive yards per play, which both are top 20 metrics in the NCAA. So that's pretty intriguing because that's an X factor right there. That's someone who might be a really good quarterback, even though he's only played like seven games there. So we'll see on that. Uh, he does have one other kind of – iffy things so maybe not strength but uh he's a lefty left-handed quarterback Uh uh-oh yeah Uh i'll let let you reserve your judgment on that tua so the other big strength though for this team and something that has historically been a strength is defense it's a little bit worse than last year and it's worse than they usually are but they're usually a top 20 defensive squad however the strong side looks strong uh garrett fountain so he's a defensive end, edge rusher, who's – he had a decent season last year being a backup and kind of playing all over the place, but 
he did get 41 tackles, three sacks, and six TFLs. A lot of quarterback hurries, though, and I think those are going to convert into results. And then the big one's Cooper McDonald. He's their Sam linebacker, and he also was in the 41 tackle range and a couple of sacks. Those guys come off the same side, always going towards the tight end, so I would expect them to have a lot of plays. That's something to definitely look at when we're looking at lining up against a pass-heavy Ohio team. However, uh, they can't pass, and they cannot pass as well as Ohio can. So Maiden did throw for 2,000 yards. He also threw 10 picks in those seven games, which is kind of like how I play NCAA football, you know? (laughs) 10 10 touchdowns, 10 picks. And sure, I might be able to win a couple of natties on the side when I'm on the sticks, but uh, the real world isn't like that. And they don't really have a lot of receivers to help them out. So Mark Redman, great tight end, and he needs to be in the game plan 24-7 because the dude's incredible. And it's the last year that they're going to be able to use their big target. Outside of that, though, it's the most inexperienced group in the NCAA. It, it might as well be. Their best player coming in is probably their slot receiver out of Western Carolina, uh, Raphael Williams Jr., who at Western Carolina, 120 catches, 1,600 yards in two seasons. Pretty dang solid, right? But behind that, you have a lot of question marks. So Makai Shaw was a walk-on, and he turned into a starter, and we love those stories. Those are great. But he's had 29 catches in 367 snaps and to me that's not a number one target and then their projected number two on the depth chart is Philippe Wesley the second who he has nine snaps period so we're looking at a top receiving core that has probably 40 targets maybe in FBS football that's going to let him down a lot and that's my major concern and probably is the way that Ohio can get themselves into the game Benji yeah, before I touch base on Ohio, um, I wanted to add a couple guys I noticed just from looking at San Diego State's 24-7 recruiting page. Um, one guy I, I'm really curious to see is, I might mess this up, Sam, is he the tackle? Samuel Tiuhala Maka. He's from Oklahoma State. Played D-tackle, played at uh, Modern Day High School which is a legit high school where Amon Rossi Brown, Bryce Young played, probably played. I'm going to guess he might have played with Bryce Young, but he's a transfer coming from Oklahoma State. J.D. Coffey, another four-star safety transfer, and Jaleel Tucker was a four-star corner coming from Oregon. So Brady Hoke's doing a good job recruiting the, on defense, so we'll see about their offense. Um, going to Ohio... It's, it's the Curtis Rook show. He's healthy. It's going to run through him and uh, the running back, Sia Bang, Bangura. Um, those guys are both legit. I think they're going to be NFL players. Um, can, you know, my guy Parker Titsworth is going to set set the stage uh, and get those boys rolling on the line. Um Really, this game's going to come down to San Diego stay on offense. And, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Brady Hill, even though his Michigan career didn't really go as go as planned. He did some good things. Defensively, they're, they're going to be sound. He's a good recruiter, knows how to recruit D-line, and he's, he's put a decent amount of guys into the NFL. Um, but can they, can they score to keep up? I don't know. You know, when you look at Ohio's uh, points per game from last year, 
They ranked 40th in the country. Um, I think they're going to be they're going to be ready to go. And um, I I I got the edging out. San Diego State. So I I like the way you guys broke uh, broke each team down, and uh, it sounds. It, it sounds like San Diego State's just going to have trouble moving the ball. Because, you know, Ohio does have a good defense in itself. I know Ohio is, you know, led by Rourke and their good offense and stuff like that. But Ohio always has a good defense as well. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how SDSU is able to move the ball. You know, Connor, you said yeah. that the turnovers. It, like, how many how many turnovers do you expect SDSU to have? Like, how many interceptions do you think they're going to throw? At least two? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's actually funny you bring that up because that's one of those things that when we were trying to nail down predictions, I was thinking about, is it going to be one or two, right? And the more I look at Ohio's defensive backs, it's it might be two. So that's my big concern on San Diego State scoring. Okay. and Yeah. Yeah. But, and it, it you know, it's – it's it's interesting because you know going back to 2021, San Diego State they went 12 and two. They beat Utah, who won the Pac-12. Um, and then they just went. They had a pretty big drop last year. I just don't see it with this quarterback. I know what we'll, what we'll the wait and see because you play to win the game, I guess. But um, I'm excited to watch these two teams strap up and play. Well, I would say, you know, that's the reason why we play the games, right? If it was just based on newspaper and predictions, yep. we wouldn't have any upsets. But, I mean, you know, you, you know, you know, you know I, it's worth mentioning, uh, Brady Hoke, love, we'll have those guys ready to go against an Ohio team. Oh, I, and, you know, Ohio is going to be ready to go, too. And, honestly, you know, I, I wish um, – you know, maybe after the season we can get an Ohio uh, Bobcat to come on here and talk to us about it. But, you know, that's got to be fun for them right now. You know, they're probably in San Diego right now. You know, they're probably in yeah. San Diego for the whole week. Like, that is so fun. Think about it. Before classes start, you're just – you're in a beautiful, beautiful area of the country. And I'm not, you know – it's not like Miami's nightlife, right? So, I don't know how their nightlife is. But it's still awesome to be in San Diego. So – and this is and a they great have a new stadium, right? Yeah, they do. yeah. Last yeah. year they revealed it. Yep. And I heard it actually wasn't that good because uh, it's direct like sunlight. It's something big about the sunlight, like how the fans are still getting like they didn't put like um, awning over it, not an awning, but you know what I mean, like a roof, not a roof. I don't know. Either way, what I heard is that like temperatures inside the stadium was a hundred degrees where fans were sitting. So it's like, how are you going to build a new stadium and not take the fan? At, experience into account right because the fans are getting scorched and apparently week one last year they had people like they had you know ambulance and paramedics come in because of um heat exhaustion and dehydration so um you know you know off topic but this the chargers should be still (laughs) he's not wrong this is this is a come uh, on man college football podcast i know but i just had to throw that in there <laughs> i mean you're not wrong they have more loyal fans there than they do in la because yeah. la yeah. is terrible They're... with fans um yeah. but fake sports town yes calling you... you out lebron <laughs> we are not a lebron james podcast if you guys haven't noticed so uh anyways going on though back to back to the game like i said it, it, i bet 
Ohio's enjoying their time down there, and they should. So that might play a little bit of a you know disadvantage against them. It's like when people go to Miami, um, you know, sometimes that could affect them, affect their nightlife, and same with New Orleans. But um, Benji, I want you to give me your prediction on the game. I want I want to hear from you first. I think, you know, I've gone back and forth on this game because I, I do have respect for Brady Hoke, and I think he's done a really good job there. He built that program, went to Michigan, and then kind of came back and took over for the coach who replaced him when he left for Michigan. Kind of crazy. But um, they, he's putting guys into the NFL, like undrafted free agent guys. They had uh, Cameron Thomas was, a, I think, second-round pick to the Cardinals. I just don't see them putting enough enough points to beat Ohio. Um, I, it could get into a game where, you know, it's a slugfest and low scoring, and I think that's definitely going to favor San Diego State, but I'm going to go with Ohio. Connor. Uh, glad you mentioned that it might be a slugfest because that's what I have it down as. Uh, so I have it Ohio 17, San Diego State 20. Wow. Uh, so I'm an under probably by like 9 or 10, I think. Yeah, 9. And uh, the spread's dead on with that. Look, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I do think there's going to be like three turnovers total in this game, and San Diego State's going to give them up. But I have a lot more faith in the run game and the ball control side of San Diego State. And I know Maiden's kind of a weird guy, and there's a lot going on, but that yardage in that short span of time last year is hard to argue with. And maybe because their season ended in such a disaster in that Hawaii Bowl game, they're going to come out here and be like, hey, we're not the team that went 7-6 and six last year. We're a team that you need to be looking at to be winning the Mountain West. So I've got them in a slight nudge here. With you saying it's going to be 20-17, to 17, so you're hammering the under of 49. Uh, yeah, I'd probably take the under pretty handily in this one. Okay. I, I just think both these teams can run the ball, and they will run the ball, but the rushing mm-hmm. attack on San Diego State is significantly better. The, the only thing I'm a little worried about with – that with the under is if Ohio can crack the SDSU defensive code, then I think Ohio can blow it out. You know, I, I don't like because of how good Ohio's passing game is too, you know? So that's, that's my only, that's my only worry with the under. Cause I, I, I think, I, I think the best bet honestly would probably be San Diego state uh, team total under, um, which I think is what? 26. If I'm doing my math correct right now. Yeah, I think 26 yeah. or 25. I would do that because I don't see San Diego State really getting four touchdowns, but I could see Ohio getting four touchdowns. And, you know, I, you know, every season, in, in, especially in college football, is completely different. Um, just w- looking at a team for, from the year before and, like, returning production only goes so far because um, player development is huge. I – and – it's really going to come down to as well, you know, they, San Diego State has a first year offense coordinator, Ryan Lindley. I kind of have an idea what their offense is going to look like, but I could be completely wrong. Um, I think he actually started a playoff game for the Cardinals as a QB, fun fact. Wow. Um, yeah, so, pretty positive he did against the Panthers, but going to so, have to look that one up. So I, you know, you you guys gave your predictions. I'm gonna give mine, and I think, I think Ohio wins on a late field goal. I think it's gonna be yep. 24-21. Um, 
I think it's you guys said it correctly. It's gonna be a slugfest. It's gonna be awesome to watch. It's just gonna be whoever wins the line of scrimmage is gonna win this game. It's gonna be absolutely be a hell of a fun game to watch. It is. It is. And it, like I said, it might be the best, you know, G five matchup we have for a while. Um, I know Ohio plays FAU later, which will be a fun one too. But and you know we got a couple more with Buffalo and Liberty and. Others like that, but this is gonna be a fun one to watch, and uh, like I said, it's literally gonna just be um, a slugfest. Where there, it, you know, I could see some injuries here in this game too, and I don't want any injuries, but that's the type of physicality this game's gonna have. Yeah, hopefully, uh, both teams drink their Gator lights before, because it's probably gonna be hotter than hell there. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let me let me look it up. What the temperature is gonna be that be for the uh, for opening kickoff? It's seven o'clock game, so at least it'll be closer to sundown. But like, oof. What time's that? Like, oh be, no, like, it's gonna be seven Eastern. Yeah, it's gonna be like four thirty. They're screwed. Yep. It actually does, it, Well, no, it actually doesn't say it's that bad right now. It says Saturday for. Well, remember they just had the hurricane too, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it says only seventy four. That's what wild. I, I don't get is why is this game on FS1 and UMass and New Mexico State is on ESPN? No idea. I mean, TV it contracts. Is, yeah. TV contracts. Actually, oh, great. San Jose State at USC is on the Pac-12 network. Maybe that's why that conference is falling apart. Um, yeah, f- falling apart. <laughs> so, next question I'm going to ask you guys. Um, what does Ohio need to do to win this game? Who wants to start that off? Me. Not turn the ball over. Score in the red zone. Um, keep keep work upright. I think that's pretty pretty safe bet because I think they they'll be able to get some stops on on defense. Connor, I think you uh, you got to trust the veteran defense here. You uh, your defense combined age could probably apply for an AARP card. They're all pretty much graduates or seniors, so trust those guys because they were really, really good down the stretch last year. Uh, Start of the season, last season, they were not a good defensive team and they figured it out, right? Now that they have all this experience, they may be able to really terrorize this team that's full of inexperienced receivers. So my prediction here I wrote down was one of Torrey Cox, Ben Johnson, or Justin Burchett are going to force a turnover, and uh, it's probably going to be a pick. So... I see them winning that turnover game regardless, but if one of those guys can stand out, make that in-air play, you know, show off the freaking 99 vert, then we're going to have a, a closer game than I think I even expect. And you know what it's going to be? What I'm looking forward to is when I look at the Mountain West and the Mac, I, I think they're neck and neck. And I I look at the Sun Belt, and I think they're they're a little bit ahead of as a G5 conference. Um but I think that under them, it's it's the Mac and the Mountain West, and I think they're neck and neck, really. Um, in terms of NFL talent, they're both they're both putting a decent number of guys every year into the into the NFL. Um, I would say Boise and Fresno are pretty legit programs, um, but I'm excited to see how this one's going to shake out. And you guys pretty much took. I mean, Connor is gonna take took the next segment away. But what I was gonna say about um, 
what Ohio needs to do to win this game is, you know, not turn the ball over. Benji, you said that. Just not turn that ball over. You've got your senior quarterback, your, you know, preseason first-team All-Mac and all these accolades, you know, Peyton Manning award list, quarterback. You know, I, I trust that experience of him to dictate the game. You know, he's, he's going mi- to – look, he's a talented quarterback, and I think he can solo win the game, right? But I think he's also going to be able to away to – if he needs to to game manage it. You know, if he gets a 10-point lead, I think he's going to do just enough to make sure that 10-point lead stays. Um, So, like, you you guys pretty much nailed it on the head, and then, Connor, you kind of took the next segment, but I'm going to let you start anyways because you can just repeat yourself, but who is or who are the key players to watch for this game that will make or break it for Ohio? Yeah, none of those three guys are my key player, actually. Oh. Uh, My key player is uh, Key. Key Thompson. Ah, so I he's see what uh, he's their linebacker, and he's played mainly on the outside, uh, kind of in both roles. But he was third team All Mac last season, and he's got tons of productions heading into this final season. Dude had 96 tackles, and he had eight QB hurries, and that's not usually his role, but it's something where he's such a hybrid terror on defense. Again, playing into the inexperience of San Diego State. As much as I do really love their running back group. The key key is the key. He's going to make this happen. He's going to be getting, you know, seven or eight tackles in this game, and he's going to be said by those announcers multiple times. Benji. So I, I've got two guys here. And one, it all starts up front. God damn it. Parker Titsworth. I was going to say that too, man. He's going to have those boys ready to go from the, first snap of, from the first snap of the game. Um. He's going to be leading the way, making all the calls. Um, he's my guy. He needs to come on the pod. Uh, and then also my, on defense, I like Walter Reynolds. He's a he's a corner. He's a Holy Cross cross transfer and had um, had five interceptions last year. Was a team captain coming over. He's a ball hawk. I, I look for him to make a couple plays. You you literally stole who I was gonna say, and it was Parker Titsworth in that whole offensive line. That's who I think is the key for Ohio winning this game. If, you know, if they keep they keep the Maple Missile upright, and you know they can establish the run game, protect the quarterback. I think they'll do whatever they want in this game. You know, I, I said earlier, whoever w- wins the battle at the line of scrimmage is gonna win the game, and yep. that starts with. That's Parker football. Tisworth. That's all it and is. And it, it pretty much is. I know it's kind of, again, I know it's kind of a cop-out, but it's true. Especially against San Diego's great defense. Like, it's that's what it's going to be. So, you know, the, the, the big question that I have on today's podcast is, where what does the result of this game shape up Ohio's season? You know, if Ohio loses or Ohio wins, where does this go? Do you think that... You know, they're kind of not necessarily expecting them to lose this game. But, you know, in our predictions, two of us had Ohio winning. One of us, Connor, had them losing. So, Connor, if you see them win, do you think, you know, big and great things for them this year? Or it doesn't matter, really? No, I think there's going to be great things for them regardless of if they win or lose this game. I firmly believe this is a bowl team and they're going to be the second best team if not the best team in the conference, it's a battle, right? But I do think if they win this game, 
I think you sort of have to pencil them in ahead of Buffalo with a little bit more confidence, right? And as much as we like to talk about Buffalo and love them this year, yeah, this is a better team. But I like the schedule a little bit more for Buffalo. So if they do win this game, going into FAU in a couple of weeks, I could actually see them competing. And previously I saw no hope of that. And I think that's the big change for me. I still don't really think they've got the talent to beat Iowa State. But, hey, a win here starts, gives them some momentum. So I hope that does happen. However, if they lose, it's one of those things where it's not the end of the world because this start of the season is brutal for them, and they know that. They know that coming into the year. They know how talented they are. They're veterans, right? This isn't a team that's going to waver just because they lost a couple openers. So I'm pretty confident in this team riding the ship as soon as they get into MAC play. So win or lose, I don't really have any concerns about this program, and neither should they. I, uh, I'm going to jump in before Benji because he might Hold take on. mine again uh, like he did last time. So I'm going to get ahead of him. Um, I agree. I agree with a lot that you say. I mean, it, it depends on how the game is played, right? You know, if work goes down, then everything changes, right? I mean, they are not Mac East champions, all that stuff. I also think even if they're healthy and they get blown out in this game, then they have a lot to worry about. Because, you know, like I said, we've been saying that they're keeping, they're, they're going to keep this game close. So if they lose by two or three touchdowns and it's not, you know, some late two or three touchdowns, there's a lot of worrying to do. And we might need to come back to the podcast and change our predictions on it, you know, in the next episode. Because they shouldn't, you know, they should be in this game. If San Diego State wins this game by two or three touchdowns, then Ohio is in a lot of trouble. And they could. And... I know it's a bold statement, but if they lose by three touchdowns in this game, they might not make a bowl game because they have a lot more holes than we thought they would. And that's my that's my only thing with the loss. If, if it's a win, predictions are the same, right? Connor, you said it. We think they're going to win the MAC, so or MAC East. So a win doesn't really change much expectations. It's great. We'll love it. But if they lose and they lose badly, we we should be taking more notes on what uh, on what San Diego State exploited, right? Benji. Yeah, you know, when I look at Ohio, especially going back to last year, they won an eight of nine games, which is impressive. They really got on a roll. That that Toledo loss, though, in the MAC championship has to sting. Um, I, you know, they kind of raided the ship with the, the Barstool Arizona Bowl, the win over Wyoming, but that isn't, I don't think that, takes away they they should have beat Toledo when you when it comes down to it I thought they were the better team and I'm still kind of shocked that they they got beat but all the credit to Toledo didn't Toledo have like three turnovers that game too like it was probably Toledo's worst game that they played all year and Ohio yeah it was it was Toledo won 17 to 7 yeah which tells you how it is but you know when that that stings, and when you're coming back, you're returning everybody. You want to be ready to go. Losing, coming out and losing, you're expecting. They're expecting to win. I I don't think if they lose, it's going to be the end of the world. But it kind of, in my book, might drop them down a little bit, depending on how they lose. I think they have to, they have to come in and win because once when you look at their schedule. They'll beat Long Island. FAU, I I don't know. Tom Herman, I think, is a really good coach. He got kind of screwed at Texas. 
Um, I know they just named Casey Casey Thompson uh, from Florida and Nebraska. He's there, actually going to be their starting QB, not uh, Daniel Richardson. I don't know how what to think of FAU. I would assume that they're going to be pretty well coached. So that's a tough game. Iowa State, you know, they got the betting problems, but they're a Power 5 team. Matt Campbell's done a decent job there. You can't really expect them to win that one, but you should kind of should expect them to go 3-0 to start the year. Um, anything else? Anything less? Not the end of the world, but it's certainly off to a bad start. And we saw with CMU last year, getting off to a bad start non-conference can really uh, trample you come conference play. Yeah, and I mean, well, we might see that again this year. You know, there's a lot of a lot of MAC teams that have these non-conference games that set up to exactly what you said, Benji. How they can come back in a conference game, not show up, and derail their whole season. Yeah. So, um, normally we wouldn't t- take this long on one matchup, but since it is the first and only MAC game of the week, we decided to give a full game breakdown on it. Um, and you know we're gonna do like speed runs through games for like the next four or five weeks until conference play when conference play starts we're gonna go more into games we'll probably do uh 10 minutes per each game when conference plays because uh, there'll be six games total uh compared to you know week one through four which is 12 games and we just you guys don't want to listen to a two-hour podcast and you really don't want to listen to uh 10 minutes on Western versus St. Francis, okay? You really just don't want that. So we'll try to keep it between three and five minutes going forward. And, uh, you know, we can't do it this week because the rosters aren't updated. Connor, you said how many teams are there, 46? Uh, 43, but they're working fast. Those guys are grinding, so we'll see. We'll see. But uh, So with that being said, we, uh, we will next week try to introduce a new segment that we're going to do for the rest of the year, and that is the NCAA simulation of – the games. We were hoping that the rosters would be out this week so we could see what the computer thinks would happen between San Diego State and Ohio and give you guys that on top of, you know, our predictions. Um, you know, we would go into depth on the stats of the game, who stood out, all that stuff. And, you know, we'll track this through the whole season. But we will try to do this for week one next week when we record. Hopefully they'll have 90% of the rosters done by then, you know. Uh, you said they're working fast, so I hope they get it out. Um, but that's pretty much it. Hey, I'm excited that football's back. You know, this is a shorter episode because there's, you know, only one game to talk about this week, and it's you know Ohio San Diego State Saturday 7 p.m. FS1. So, uh, you guys have anything to end with? Nope. Looking forward to watching some football this weekend. Hey, I've got to give a quick shout out, Sam Wigless. I don't know how we got through this whole podcast without talking about him. He's Ohio's lead receiver. Dude's all Mac first team, has a good mustache. You know, I'm liking the look. So uh, hoping you have a good season this year, man. He sounds like a New England Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't be shocked if he's a New England Patriot at some point. That uh... Does he play lacrosse? <laughs> he's played he's played everything if i remember right i know i know he lettered in like baseball basketball when he was at uh high school but he's he was oh. an ohio state guy who transferred and I think well really th- interesting was he re- actually yeah well, i, was I made that, a good decision 
<laughs> well, that shows you just how how great this Ohio team can be, right? Like, we didn't mention him because they've got other players. I mean, I'm not saying they're better than him, but they've got other players that are equally to more important than he is. So that's, you know, that's what we were saying earlier. Their ceiling can be the MAC championship game. Plus, think about it. How yeah. much did we really talk about Rourke? We, we didn't much. It's like, oh, he's really good. Moving on. Yeah. I mean, because everyone knows he's really good because he – returning and you know preseason all mac and on all the watch lists etc etc he'll probably get drafted you know sixth seventh round or he sign as a udfa but anyways that'll wrap up today's episode like i said short and sweet because one game but you know thank god football is back thank you guys for listening you know follow follow us on instagram twitter all that stuff we got some fire content going if you want the previous episodes we've got stadium uh videos up on our instagram and twitter and we want to hear your guys feedback and uh please don't put a track around your stadium that's all we got to say yeah so seriously thank you guys have a good night